0: Right. Well, here we are. We are recording and I'm so excited. It's great to be here on another edition of This Time Around. I'm Debbie Hazleton. Hi there. And I'm with a really good friend here today. I'm with my, and she's been on one or two of my podcasts years ago, but I'm here with my good friend and teacher, Dr. Akia Azula. Hey, Akia. Hi, Debbie. So glad. I'm so happy to be here. It's great. It's great. You know, I was thinking the other day, you and I got to be friends out of a sense of humor. I mean, we kind of, you know, we, I didn't know anything about what you did or who you were or are, but it was really out of a sense of humor. And boy, am I. (laughs)
1: You want to share the story of how we met? (laughs) Sure. Sure. Well, <laughs> we still are that way,
0: too. We mm-hmm. still find these just uh, outrageous things that keep us laughing. So mm-hmm. many years ago, we were going to the same church, Orlando Unity, and I had gotten a little bit, I had gotten to know your your friend, Chris, mm-hmm. and I didn't even know what Chris did and um, didn't know anything about either of you other than you know, that I, I knew at that time that I thought Chris was pretty cool. We spent a little bit of time walking around the church after service and talking and didn't know anything about her, didn't know anything about you. So it was Good Friday. And this intern, I don't even remember his name, did this. What, did,
1: no, I can't. I, I'm, I won't say the wrong name. I am i can't remember either Jim or Tom or something. Like that, you know, one sick. of those names.
0: Jim or Tom. Yeah. (laughs) And, and he did this talk. uh, What was it? Hoka. Hey, or something. Hey, -hey, -hey. (laughs) it's a good day to die. It's a good day to die. And he said it, I don't know how many times, you know, good good Friday. (laughs) It's all about, you know, good Friday, Jesus just, you know, have being crucified on that day. And, and, you know, it's a good day to die and kind of like it's a good day to, I i think what he meant was it's a good day to let go. It's a good day to to let go of all of who we don't need to be any longer and allow, allow ourselves to get ready to be reborn or resurrected. And so <laughs> we we all came out of service. I was sitting outside waiting for my ride. And you... You were there with Chris, and you said, Wow, that was a really great talk. Wow, that was really great. And I said, Oh, I guess I was waiting for him to pass out the Kool Aid.
1: Yeah. And I cracked up when she you said that. I, I lost it. I could not stop laughing. She said, Oh, were they going to pass out some Kool-Aid or what? Today is a good day to die.
0: And you named me for several years. I was in your contact as the Kool-Aid lady. Yeah,
1: Debbie Kool-Aid. Debbie, Kool-Aid. The last of my Debbie Kool-Aid. Debbie Kool-Aid. <laughs> now you're Debbie full of it.
0: Debbie full of it because of my other thing that I told you about. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've said this on here, but I came up with this thing about, you know, spirit, essence, this this you know to me this essence of who we are and all that is is not he or she so much or it's both all, all of those and everything so it's more of an it and so i've been saying you know um in a way i i could say i'm full of it and we're all full of it and so <laughs> now i mean your contact is debbie full of it <laughs> We upgrade from Kool-Aid. I've upgraded from Kool-Aid. Oh, what a good thing that is. Oh, that's so funny. So that was before I knew who you are and what you do. And I asked you then, I mean, we, we just started talking and laughing. And I don't even think it was that day that I asked you. And we kept laughing. We kept talking. And I asked Chris. Chris was a physician assistant. I, I think that's what she was, um, yeah. for, a, a gynecological, uh, physician she had her
1: own practice. Yeah, she had, own yeah, own she
0: had her body. own practice. Yeah. I ended up going to her once, you know, it's so funny. Mm-hmm. And you were at that time and maybe still are medical intuitive and acupuncturist. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it was right around that time that I said, oh my gosh, you know, uh, They want me to have my thyroid removed. And, you know, I'm, when I get around holistic people, I sometimes have felt a little like as holistic as I am. I'm like, oh my God, do I, what do I do with the medical, you know, the medical establishment? Here I am with this person that knows that there are other ways around medical kind of stuff than just buying into it. And you said, let me see what I can do for you. And I was, you know, I mean, I knew I didn't really have the money at that time, but you said, come in, let me see what I can do. Well, I didn't know anything about the body talk system, which you were doing. I didn't know anything about, about that. And I knew a little bit about medical intuitive and you said you were also teaching it. So I ended up coming in and, signing up and uh, signing up for medical intuitive a little uh, later after that and then um I, it was funny too cuz you invited me into a bunch of your classes with the body talk system letting your students work on me mm-hmm. boy what a cool way that was to get me to want to learn that system cuz <laughs> i was a i was a massage therapist and a mental health professional and little by little You know, you worked on me on lots of levels. And then I ended up taking the first two levels of body talk. And wow, the rest is
1: amazing system. It's an amazing system. It is
0: an amazing system.
1: Yeah, I am really, that is one of the things, like if they say, if you had to take three things with you on a deserted island, what would they be? And it will definitely be creation, the body talk system and, you know, probably fresh water (laughs) Oh, main things. Um, Yeah, it's been essential. It's it's amazing um, the amount of um, healing that you actually see that happens, even things where people have given up on the fact that, can I really heal? Is this actually possible is, you know, I find that when I do those systems, absolutely, absolutely amazing things take place in people's lives. Um, And I still do. I've learned a lot of different things over the years. Uh, Some systems are not as efficient, but definitely I would say body talk and creation are the two systems that are my go-to, that they're extremely efficient. They work extremely well. And I could count on the results. I could bank on the fact that Yes, I, at the end of this session, I will get a result. I will get a positive outcome for this patient or client that I'm working with. So that that's is, one of the things that I do know about those systems.
0: That is absolutely fascinating. Why don't you tell us, um, especially for people that don't know, tell us a little bit about body talk before we get into cre- creation?
1: Okay, so body talk is a system. Um, that was developed um, by Dr. John Beltime. God rest his soul. He's no longer in this world with us. Mm. A brilliant, brilliant man. He was from yes. Australia. He was a um, acupuncturist, chiropractor, naturopath, and um, energetic psychologist. And so he put together this system, which is basically a conglomeration everything that he studied over like over 30 plus years in practice. And basically he put together the system where he weaves all these various systems he learned together into this flow chart. And so what body talk is based on is three premises. One, um, that you have, your body is intelligent. Your body has an innate wisdom and an intelligent in it. And it knows whatever is wrong. And it knows exactly how to fix whatever is wrong with itself. So that's one premise. The next premise is that when you're healing, it goes in a sequence. He calls it a sequence of healing, that your body wants to heal in a certain pattern. So sometimes why people don't heal or they take so long, they put the um, cart before the horse instead of the other way around. So all of a sudden people know, you know what, I need to do this before I do that. And then the other premise is that um you may need a different modality altogether. So, body talk is a series of going through this flowchart and asking by using muscle testing, asking a series of yes and no questions based on this flowchart that connects the mind, the body, um, and your environment together. And any of these influences could be impacting your health. So, we have a way of like literally. Um, having a very concrete structure to go through to find out where there is some kind of miscommunication or something that's not connecting with the body. So it's similar to like say, if your computer and your printer isn't working, then you have to um, go in and troubleshoot to see where that disconnection is going on. So with body talk, we're always finding out where the dis- disconnection is going on between your mind, your body, and your environment. And when we make those connections, just like you connect your printer properly to your computer, now you can print out the document. Same with body talk. Once we make those connections, then the body begins to heal and the person gets a sense of well-being. So it's a really fascinating system. It is... It does have a little bit of learning curve to it because there's a lot of moving pieces to it. But once you learn it, and I I basically learned it because I did it over and over and over and over and over again for a few months, and then I just had it down pat. But if you're doing it like sporadically, it's like you really have to learn it over and over again. So I would recommend that if anybody go and learn that system, definitely work on your friends, work on your family. If you don't have a practice, I had an acupuncture practice when I started and I saw that that made the difference between getting a 85% success rate to a 95 success success uh, percentage success rate amongst my patients when I incorporated body talk into it, because we were able to find the missing pieces.
0: Well, you're an excellent teacher of it. I know. Thank and even you- your way of... Really demonstrating that with the with the muscle testing, the yes no, mm-hmm. you demonstrate that so well in your own response and in in eliciting that from and for um, other people. Give me give me an example of or explanation of why or how the body would need to repair certain something before something else. Okay.
1: Um, Is that because
0: of meridian flow?
1: Um, not necessarily. It just depends on how the body wants to heal, in, in what sequence the body actually wants to heal itself. Like take, take for instance, um, let's say your, your back hurts, you know? So you, people's back hurt. The first thing they may think about, oh, I should go see a chiropractor. Right, mm-hmm. but then your back hurting could be like maybe there's an internal problem going on. Maybe one of your internal organs mm-hmm. are you know need to be addressed. So instead of what body talk will do is like say, okay, um, it could be that you're having a problem with your digestion and your stomach.
0: I was just thinking and about that too. That yeah. needs
1: to be addressed before you go to the chiropractor. Mm -hmm. So you may have to go see a gastroenterologist or maybe go see a nutritionist and get that get that issue done first and then go to the chiropractor. So then that would be a sequence. But that's one of the things you would learn. Both medical intuition and body talk will actually be able to highlight where you need to go first. So a lot of times people might go and say, "Okay, I've been going to the chiropractor now for six months. And my back, I still have the pain in my back, but it's not because they have a pain in their back. It's because they may have a stomach issue that's going on that's mm-hmm. not being addressed. So that's what I like about body talk as well as medical intuition. It could cut to the chase and get to, this is where the real problem lies. address this first and then go um, yeah. about the chiropractor.
0: So the body talk would pro- would probably give a yes or no answer. Mm-hmm to uh you know is this a back problem or is this a and is this uh is this digestion or is this gallbladder or is this and you get yes or no and then the medical intuitive are you um you're doing more remote viewing with the medical intuitive aren't you
1: Um, With the medical intuitive, it could be remote because um, these days, 100% of my clientele is remote. I work with them from all over the country, all over the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I work from my home office. Mm -hmm. So that would be uh, more like remote healing or now we call it telehealth. Um, mm-hmm. these days because, you know, most doctors nowadays have adapted to, you know, doing their practices over Zoom or, you know, other, uh, other platforms <coughs> that facilitate mm-hmm. take that for them. So mm-hmm. that's how the remote part, but you could do medical intuition face-to-face also. So mm-hmm. people walk in and the minute they walk in and they start telling me, I start doing a medical intake to find out what their chief complaint is and why they're at my office, um, my intuition will kick in and start to tell me what it is. For, for instance, like um, it wasn't a patient of mine. This is when I worked at the acupuncture college and I was supervising the intern clinic. So this young intern, she was one of the brightest students that we had, extremely bright, top of the class, a student and extremely good at, in the clinical practice too. So she's all around uh, a student and she comes in, she has a young woman there suffering from lower back pain, particularly on one side, like right side, hip and lower back. Mm -hmm. And she tells me the young woman has no idea why she has the back pain. And she says, I think it's because this young woman is carrying her baby on her hip you know, like how mothers put their babies on their mm-hmm. hip and carry them. And she said, I think the weight of the baby is probably bothering her hip. And she wasn't a very big girl. She was, you know, I'd say average size, kind of short, average size young woman. And I, I said, well, how old is this baby? And the baby was about 14 months old. And when did the mother first experience this hip pain? She experienced it when the baby was six months old. So I know as a mother of three kids, when you have a six month old baby, they are not really happy about you picking them up and carrying them around at that mm-hmm. time because they've already started crawling. They've already started exploring. And normally they'll throw their bodies backwards when you pick them up because they want to move around. They don't want to mm-hmm. carry them. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you don't really carry around a six month old baby too much. And this baby is now 14 months old. So the baby's already walking and they mm-hmm. prefer the same thing. They want to explore. They want to move around. They want to use their bodies. So I said, well, that doesn't make sense that she had it when the baby was six months old. But the whole time, this uh, she's giving me this whole case and she's explaining the case to me for me to sign off on this chart. I'm hearing in my head, it's the mattress. It's the mattress. It's the mattress. So I'm very, very clear audience. Um, yeah, that's one of my strongest cool. intuitive abilities. Like yeah. I hear things, and I've been able to distinguish over the years, whether it's my thoughts or I'm hearing
2: a mm-hmm. thought.
1: And so I kept hearing over and over, it's the mattress, but I couldn't walk in the room and, you know, I said, let's go in the room. So I couldn't just walk into the room and ask the patient about her mattress. Cause it wouldn't make any sense. She's there for her hip and back. Hip. <laughs> so I walked up to her and I had to ask some questions. And the questions that I did ask were, um, tell me, when do you feel this pain? Is it, at night before you go to bed is in the morning when you wake up during the middle of the day, tell me when the pain occurs. And she says, normally she has the pain. Um, when she wakes up in the morning after she wakes up out of bed. Mm -hmm. And then I said, okay. Um, is it constant every day? And she's like, yes, it's every single day whenever she wakes up. I said, well, during the rest of the day, do you have the pain? She said, no, it goes away. But as soon as she wakes up in the morning, she has the pain. So I said, you know, I had a mattress once. So now I could introduce the whole mm-hmm. mattress. Theory to her. Mm-hmm. I said, I had a mattress once. It was one of these pillow top mattresses. You can't flip them over. So after a while, the middle, if anybody has ever had a pillow top, the middle of the mattress begins to sink in and it feels like you're sleeping on a hammock. Cause if you roll over, it falls, I feel like you fall into the center of this bed. Mm. So I I said, you know, as I explained to her, I had a mattress like that once and my back started to hurt sleeping on this mattress. So I said to her, I said, do you have any issue like that with your mattress? And then the whole can of worms opened up Debbie. Mm. It was that um, her mattress had bed bugs. Oh my and god! And she threw the mattress out. She took them. She took the mattress out. Threw the mattress out. Put it at the curb. And her parents took the mattress from the curb, brought it back in, and put it back in her bedroom. <gasps> Ew. And the reason why, you know, you know, when you have a small baby and you're the mom, the child usually wants to sleep with you because you're a mom. Mm-hmm. And so the baby couldn't sleep with her and the baby's crying at night and she's stressed out because the baby's in the next room crying, but she can't bring the baby in next to her because there's bed bugs, and the baby's waking up with little bites over her. She's waking up with bites over her and she's totally stressed out about this mattress with the bed bugs. And I said, well, why would your parents bring the mattress back in? And I, another can of opens back up, turned out that she had the baby. She wasn't married when she had the baby. And the baby's daddy just, you know, became like a ghost. He just Mm. totally disappeared on her and the baby. So the parents, as a punishment,
2: Mm. she
1: had her only task for this young lady. She had to stay home and take care of this baby 24-7. So Mm. the parents had a way of like punishing her. And then her mom... overrode every decision she wanted to make with her baby. So her mom was very domineering. I know better than you. I've been a mom, you know nothing. I know how to take care of children, you don't know anything. So this young woman, she was under so much stress and so much duress because of this mattress. So one of the things that I do with intuition you will get a solution because my thing isn't so much identifying the problem because, you know, diagnosing mm-hmm. and identifying the problem is one thing. The main thing is how you treat the problem. Right. So that has always been my focus. So I said to her, I said, well, have you ever thought about getting a job? And she no. says, no well, she's not allowed. And I said, wait a minute, you're a grown woman and you have a child. I'm saying, what if you got a part-time job? And you put the baby in daycare for a few hours. It shouldn't cost that much. Maybe three or four hours. You put the baby in daycare while you're working. So you get a break and then go buy yourself a mattress.
2: Exactly.
1: Right? And then eventually what you could do as you feel a little bit more strength within yourself and a little bit more courage to stand up to your, your parents specifically seem like her mom exactly. was more um, Why don't you try to see about eventually getting a good job but start out part-time so you have your own money and you can take your, you and your baby out of the house as you please, and then get a full-time job and get your own place. Exactly. And all of a sudden it's like this, this wave of relief came over this young woman because she, maybe she thought about it, but it's almost like she had to hear someone else saying it and give her some form of permission for her to go ahead and you know, go ahead and see that her life could be different. Like this isn't going to be forever the situation. Uh-huh. So when she left her hip pain was gone, her back pain was gone. And like we said, you think, okay, I'll go to country, I'll go to a chiropractor because I have back pain, but it was all this stress that she had that was causing her to have the back pain.
0: That is incredible.
1: Yeah. Oh. And all I kept hearing over and over the young lady, and I'm like, like I said, this was a top student. She was topping the clinic she's one of the top clinicians as well as one of the top a student in the class and you know she was trying to figure out why is this girl's back hurting her but that was what the medical intuition taught me and i didn't even see the young lady she just walked in the office and i'm listening to this case and all i kept hearing over and over in my head the mattress the mattress the mattress mm-hmm.
0: fascinating and did she, because I mean, I just think we love to know good outcomes. I imagine she did do this, she did succeed. Um,
1: well, I don't know. I don't think she ever came back to the clinic. Okay but yeah. I'm hoping, so we can yeah. get a follow-up on her in that yeah. sense, but I'm, at least it started, you know, like sometimes you need to plant that seed, Exactly. and the fact that that seed was planted for that young lady, I think she'll think about it more, and I said, yeah, part-time job, yeah. take the baby, put the baby in daycare, you know, get a job, every, every place is higher, and you can get a part-time job almost anywhere, and just put your baby in daycare because she wasn't allowed like she couldn't go out with her friends go out to party she couldn't, she couldn't do anything so it mm-hmm. was like the parents were like as punishment for dishonoring our family and having this baby before you got married Goodness. this is what you know would be your punishment for doing that so you know sometimes some families that they're, they're like that
0: yeah so mm-hmm. when you say claire audient yes do you you hear it or do you th- suddenly think it as a knowing in your head? Do you actually hear
1: something? Yeah, I've, I've, every now and once in a blue moon, I can hear something, but that's very rare. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it's more like a thought in my head. I didn't mm-hmm. even realize I was clairaudient. I just used to think I thought things about people. And then they'd look at me like, how did you know that? And I'm
2: like,
1: mm-hmm. I'll just think in it. So for, it took me some time to realize that that was an intuitive ability. Cause most people, mm-hmm. when they think of intuition, they think of clairvoyance where people see things, you know, people say, yeah. oh, I see this, or I could see that, or I see this in the future. So most people think of intuition as you have to see something. Yeah. Uh, and some people are very clear buoyant. So if I go over the five times, I could, I could name them really quickly because there's different types of intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, For instance, there is clairvoyance where you see and Mm -hmm. clear just means seeing clearly. Mm -hmm. That's what the word clear means, to to be able to do something clearly. Um, So those are the people that I find, they they will have the learning style um, that they need to see things Mm -hmm. visually in front of them in order for them to learn it. So Mm -hmm. it'll go hand in hand. So most of my clairvoyant people, they are very visual people. Um, They may be in the type of um, professions where they do makeup, um, they do like videographers, photographers, artists, you know, that paint pictures, because they're extremely visual people, your designers, your um, stylists, your, your people that design clothing, they're extremely visual. So if they have a strong intuitive sense, it normally would be their clairvoyance would be their most predominant. Now we all have all of them, mm-hmm. you know, we we all have all of these different senses, but mm-hmm. you may have some that's more predominant than the other. Like mm-hmm. in my case, um, I'm more clear audience because number one, I'm more of a public speaker. I do more mm-hmm. teaching, I, I do more reading and writing. And, you know, so you'd find that people who are on the vein of more of your public speakers, your teachers and all of that, or, you know, they learn really well from listening. Like audio books are my best friend because I can Mm -hmm. listen to an audio book. Whereas my daughter, she's very visual. She's a photographer and videographer. Um, I remember as a little kid, I would sit there and she's telling me something on the couch and I would turn my head and cock my ear in her direction because I'm very clear audience. She was very clear boy and she's a very visual person. So she would take mm-hmm. her little hands, grab me by the face and make me look at her <laughs> while she was speaking. Yeah. And then as as she kept speaking, I find myself turning my head again because I had to listen yeah. to her yeah so it depends also your learning style so i do very very well listening to lectures listening to books mm-hmm. uh um, where your clairvoyant people they could read things and remember it because they're very visual mm-hmm. um and then you have your what we call clairsentience people that can feel everything they mm-hmm. you know they have a good sense of feeling so mm-hmm. i find or they are also some of them are also what we call empathic yeah so those people, they're usually very good healers because they could feel whatever is wrong. So I find mm-hmm. the bulk of people that I know that are in the healing profession, they're either clairvoyants and empathic because um, before we had MRIs, x-rays, um, lab tests, and all of that, when you went to see the healer of your village or the shaman or the medicine man or woman, mm-hmm. they would feel what was happening in your body.
2: Mm -hmm. they
1: they could sense it in their body what was happening to you so they could treat you and they could feel when you were getting better they could feel you know if the if your symptoms move from the right side to the left side they could feel when it begins to dissipate so they were the MRI they were the Mm x-ray machine they were the lab test because they were feeling it so Mm -hmm. that's your clear um uh sentience or empathic people right Um, and I usually find they seem to fit more, a lot in the healing profession because mm-hmm. they feel so much. Um, and then you have your clear cognizance. These are people that they just know. So people yeah. that are very prophetic or mm-hmm. you don't know how you know something, but you just know it. You just get this yeah. sense like this is what it is. So, that's, and I find yeah. those people, those are the people that are very visionary like. They could predict what's coming in the mm-hmm. future. They could look at something. You know, like some people, they have the ability to look at something and look at a trend and know that that's going to happen mm-hmm. or not yeah those are more my clear cognizant people Mm -hmm. like they're very visionary they're very futuristic thinking they could see ahead or if they go into a situation they just know they can't tell you Mm -hmm. how they know but they know definitely yeah yeah those those are like the four there's there's a few more but those are like the four main ones
0: yeah that last one is probably more me or it combines some of them i will just suddenly know something it'll it may be that I hear it in my head. I don't hear it so much audibly, but I will suddenly know it. It'll just be there.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It'll be just there. You don't know how Mm -hmm. it popped in, but it just, Mm -hmm. you just know it all of a sudden. Mm -hmm.
0: And there's no adrenaline. It's not like, uh, you know, it's not like something that has me caught up in it. It's just a, Oh, Hmm. Well, I just got this. And, um, So and, you know, I will see stuff, too, when I'm walking, Mm -hmm. I will a couple of feet away, I will see in my mind somehow, that there's going to be a car that's, um, that is parked that I'm going to have to walk around or, Mm -hmm. or, and I might know that it's a car rather than a truck. So that's just kind of interesting. Yeah. Kind of and
1: and we yeah. have all of these senses. The only reason why we're not more aware of them because they're not em- we don't emphasize them as part of our learning. Right. Uh, people would be much more intuitive than they realize if we're allowed. Mm-hmm. Like the same way we learn how to read and do arithmetic and all of these. If, let's say, as children, we were taught to use these other senses. You so know, how it, did
0: it how did it happen for you that you be became- came more involved in and aware of using your other senses?
1: Um, the first time I, that, that happened for me, um, I was helping out this, this lady that I knew when I was younger, she was a spiritual healer Mm -hmm. and she would see clients. And while she was seeing clients, I would see my, I would get up and go hand her something. So let's say all of a sudden I'll go hand her this cup. Mm -hmm. And then I'll come back around and maybe I'll go hand her this bottle, (laughs) you know. And so while I was doing that, and she would never say a word, there was no words exchanged between me and her. I'll just get a thought in my head like, oh, she needs this. And I'll just go over there and hand it to her. And this gentleman was watching this whole exchange going back and forth with me getting up and handing her things at various points when she, uh, she was working on this client. And then he said to me, he said, how do you know what to hand her? And I never thought about it, you know, because it was something that just happened automatically between us. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't know. I just got a thought in my head. She needed that. So I'd get up and give it to her. And then she looked up from the client she was working on. And she says, yeah, right before Akia handed that to me, I was thinking I needed that thing. Mm -hmm. So down the road, some years later, I figured out that's what they call telepathy, that you could read someone else's thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so I was picking up on her thoughts, but it felt like a thought in my own head. So I kept thinking, oh, I'm just thinking that thought, mm-hmm. you know, so I didn't really think it as any particular intuitive ability because I was not actually seeing anything. And in the other way that I use my intuition unwittingly, um, I would have a dream about somebody. But <laughs> I, I would, yeah. you know, go to bed and dream at night. And you know, your dream is like random people, you're in random places you've never been before, you're with people you've never seen before. But if I ever had a dream about somebody I actually knew, I would say, Oh wow, I had a dream about you last night. And then I would go and tell them about the dream, and they'll look at me and they said, What I dreamt about was exactly it either look like their apartment that I've never been to or some event that was happening in their life a few weeks later that happened exactly like what I told them in my dream. And I didn't really think about it. I said, oh, it's a dream. It's no big deal. I never thought about it as anything. And then I started, you know, um, doing a little bit of research on dreaming. And then I realized those are prophetic dreams that mm-hmm. I would always dream about. So those are the two ways that I allowed myself to use my intuition. Now, when I was very hesitant to use my intuition because the lady that I worked with, the spiritual healer, whenever she worked on someone, she she did very good work, but she would be in pain for at least oh a few God. days to a few weeks after she worked on someone. They'll walk away feeling great, but it's as if she would take on whatever illness or ailment that they had, and she'll be suffering with that. So in my young mind, I was in my 20s at the time, in my young mind, I thought that yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, yeah. I thought intuition meant I'll have to be suffering and in pain for weeks like she was. Right. So because that's what I thought, I was like, there's no way I'm going to do that. So anytime anybody said to me, oh, Akia, you knew that you're so intuitive. I'll be like, you know, when you make a little cross sign like a vampire, I'd be like, oh no, I'm not intuitive at all. That is not me. <laughs> because I associated with that, I had to suffer
2: and right.
1: pain like she was. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was in my clinic, and you know, someone would come and it would be a hard case, and nobody could figure it out. And I also wound up getting this reputation in Orlando that if you can't figure out a case, it's difficult and it's weird. Send them to a and she'll figure out what it is. So I wound up getting that reputation because I started using my intuition, and mm-hmm. it first started with I'm working on a patient, and then their organ that I'm working on, let's say I'm working on their, they have a pattern that's going on with their liver and I'm working on their liver and the patient has already told me everything they wanna know and the next thing I'm hearing, the liver is speaking to me and say, oh yeah, let me tell you the real story what's going on behind all this stuff that's happening with this person. They haven't told you about this part. And then I'm sitting there and I'm listening to this liver giving me this narrative of this person's life and I'm going, wow, what should I do with that? Should I tell them? And then, you know, what's coming across to me like their liver is talking to me says, yeah, let them know. And I'll tell the person and all of a sudden they'll feel relieved. And they say, that makes so much sense now. And Mm -hmm. so the times the stories are very bizarre that I'm listening to, but that made, and I would see that the healing was faster, uh, way more effective and it was long lasting that whatever results we got, it stuck. And that was always what I was looking for as a clinician, not only getting a result, but making sure that result would stick, you know, that it would be a permanent result. So um, that made me use my intuition more and more because I started looking at it as a very valuable clinical tool.
0: It almost, it really seems like your intuition has led you and that all of this has been um, an ongoing sort of, training and development for you to segue into now what has become creation.
1: Yeah. I think What's that great- for a segue. <laughs> yeah exactly. Wonderful segue Deb. Um, yeah creation has been a uh, accumulation of a lot of the work that I did similar to like Dr. Time with body talk. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he took a lot of the systems as he learned and he, um, compiled them together in this seamless flow, flow chart, what we call body talk mm-hmm. uh, creation is accumulation because it seems like every single thing that I've done fit inside of creation. Um, creation is like, um, a pocketary, you know, those, um, wooden cases and they have all the little drawers and people put herbs and different things in them. It's like creation is the frame. And then, okay, here's where acupuncture would fit in. Here's where body talk would fit in this little drawer here has um, herbal medicine in it. This other little drawer here has um, intuition in there. So it seems like creation is the framework where every single thing that I do actually fits in it and i can take mm-hmm. them out one at a time and oh you need this oh, okay we need that oh maybe it's nothing that i do you need to go see a someone else that does another technique so creation really allows that to happen
0: mhm beautiful so talk to us more about what it is or how you came to this new level of what you're doing
1: okay so um i first heard the word creation in a morning meditation that I was doing back in 2003. Wow. Um, I remember 2003 because The Secret had came out that year and Mm -hmm. they had showed it at my church and I bought one of the the DVDs at the time. Mm -hmm. And so when I was trying to go back and remember, when did you first start doing, heard about creation? And I said, it was The Secret because I remember watching The Secret And when I heard the word creation, I had no idea what creation was. And I said, "Is when I saw the movie about the manifesting and doing all that in a secret, I said, is that creation? And I heard, no, that's not creation. Okay. So then, you know, some years went by and um, there was a very big thing with Abraham's Hicks. There was like a lot of people that were very into the involvement of Abraham Hicks. I, you know, someone had given me a book. And then I read the book and I said, hmm, is this creation? And I heard, no, that's not creation. So I started doing this other system called bars and where you're actually touching people on the head. Um, And let me just back up why touching people on the head was significant. The same woman that I worked with, um, that was a spiritual (laughs) healer. She was highly, highly intuitive. And one day we're sitting in her um, living room on her couch. And I must have been 22 or 23 at the time and she says, Akia, you will not be doing acupuncture. Instead, there'll be these strapping young men, handsome strapping young men in your office. They will be doing the acupuncture. Your office has this long corridor with doors on the side, and the young men are going in and out of these rooms, and they're doing acupuncture. What you're doing instead, you're touching people on their heads. And I'm like, People on the heads—that just sounds ridiculous to me. I'm 22. I am the top of my class in acupuncture. She's—I'm an A student. She's a B student. I'm thinking, ah, oh, she's trying to put me down. She's trying to throw some shade at me. You know, that can't be. How could I not be doing acupuncture where I'm the top? You know, I'm the top gun when it comes to acupuncture. And I don't need strapping men to carry a needle for me. I could lift a needle myself. So that was my attitude towards that. And she said, and then the other thing is you won't be doing much acupuncture. You'll be teaching instead. And I'm thinking she is really, really trying to take a dig at me because now she wants me to become a school teacher. And, you know, I don't have patience with with, around noisy, rude kids. I probably... (laughs) top somebody's child and get fired or get arrested. So I'm like, there's no way I could be a school teacher. So I'm thinking she means you're too weak to do acupuncture. That's how I interpret it. Um, You need strong young men to carry the needles for you and you'll become a school teacher. And I'm like, what in the world is she talking about? You know, what is she smoking? So that's how I was about her giving me this news but she kept saying, you're touching people on their head. And it's very funny because everybody says the same thing that she told me, she said, it's like they're sleeping, but they're not sleeping. Mm -hmm. It's like they go into a trance, but they're not in a trance. And when they come back to themselves, they would feel very refreshed. They will feel like something very profound happened in their life. And it'll make profound changes in their life. That's what she said. And all of that just sounded like, you know, gibberish to me, what she was telling me. Mm -hmm. So when I was 22, I had that experience with her. Um, back in 2003, when the secret came out was the first time I heard the words creation. And then I'm doing this other technique bars where you're touching people on the head. And I, I remember her saying this and I'm doing bars and it's like, mm, that wasn't it either. Cause I asked, is this what she was talking about? And I got, no, that's not it. But in the scope of doing this particular technique, Um, people would feel very spacey and they couldn't concentrate. That was the problem that people had Mm -hmm. when we did this technique with them. So while I was doing it, I got that. There was four other places on the head that you could touch. And I started doing that and that made people feel much more present Mm -hmm. and much more in their body, even though they could feel also very, very expanded and spacious. So I was doing that while I was doing this work. So when I decided not to teach this technique any longer, um, I had a class, uh, a medical intuition class coming up. And I said, I need something where I could expand the person's mental capacity. Mm. I need to expand their capacity to take in all the stuff I want to teach them in the intuition class. Because a lot of times I'll only get to like 40, 50 percent of the class because most people are like, oh, ho, ho, I can't take any more. Because when you're using intuition, you know, you're using different parts of your mind that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people would feel like, yeah, this is too much. I can't take on any more. will so in the class before I actually finish all the material. So I wanted something that could expand um, their You know, CPU, right? Their 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 computing ability in their Mm -hmm. mind. Yeah. And so I all of a sudden sat and I said, "Well, I'm not teaching that other technique. I wonder if I if that those four extra points are." creation and i got yes yes finally she got it it took her long enough to figure out what it was. it was like a whole chorus all my whole spirit team they were like she finally got it oh my god it took her long oh, Get to it wow and so and then i heard there's actually 10 doors they they call the areas on the head doors so they're like portals or different doors that open up to different parts of your consciousness So that's that's what I was told they were called. And over the next two and a half to three months, I got I already had four that I've been using for like over a year. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I wound up getting um, two of them actually were areas or doors that were in the other system. So I had six out of the 10. And then over the next two and a half to three months, I got what the other four were, where they were located, how to touch them and all of that. So oh. that's how the system actually came together. So initially, when I started doing creation, it will go into, oh my goodness, it will go into these areas of people's, huh, what do you call it? it? It will just unveil certain areas of people's lives that they would have never thought about. Mm that was just totally hidden from view for them, like Mm -hmm. that people may have had their entire life. All of a sudden they'll come to creation and they'll say, oh, it's this thing over here. It's something way out in left field that's so hidden from view that you would have never gotten to it. You you could have had, you know, 15 years of psychotherapy. You could have done hypnosis. You could have done all of these things. You would have not gotten to this is what it is Mm -hmm. that's holding all of this in place. So we were able to clear up and some of the stories are like amazing. And being a clinician, because when you're doing medicine, you're always looking at what's wrong. You're always looking Mm -hmm. at the pathology. So some of this stuff was fascinating. The things that would come up for people. And I was just fascinated by all these stories. And then at one point I started realizing, okay, people got to the point where we cleared up all their baggage. And one lady was like, Akia, you helped me get rid of all my junk. So what happens when you get rid of people's junk that they've been carrying around forever? The next step is like, what, what do I do now? All my junk is gone. All my excuses are gone. All the yeah, stories exactly. are gone. Now what? Uh-huh. And, I, and I was like, yeah, now what do we do with you? That we cleared up everything. But my first um, time I started doing creation for the first few years, I was so fascinated by clearing up all this stuff that people are carrying around, all their baggage is now gone. What mm-hmm. do you do when all your baggage is gone? And then my God said, he said, this is why we call it creation. Otherwise we would have called it clearing. There you go. You cleared up all the baggage. Now it's time to create. Yeah. Because now we have this blank canvas. Mm-hmm. There's nothing holding you back anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: now you're you're primed to start creating because all the things that would have popped up when you tried to move forward or fulfill a goal or fulfill your dreams, they're no longer there. So now it gives you ease in fulfilling those dreams. Now you're very clear. Your mind is clear. You're clear. Now you can move forward with your creation and not be hindered. So that's how that all developed. And oh. so my, mm-hmm. my primary focus is on helping people getting past all the baggage, mm-hmm. you know, like getting to them really fast. So the mm-hmm. creation for manifesting miracles is the focus on doing just that, helping people to clear up a lot of their baggage real fast. And we do it in a group every Sunday. Um, from four to six Eastern Standard Time. We do it in this group. And so we could help people get rid of their baggage so now they could actually start on what are you actually here to create? Who are you? What are you here to do?
0: It's great because that's so timely with, I mean, I really think we are all here at this time because we chose to be for major changing times, major new dawning of what, the itness wants to be is here to be through exactly. each one of us
1: exactly and we're all here as an expression of that we're all here and it's very valuable what we're all here to create like last Sunday it was such so profound what was said when we did the creation session because you know that the, the take home message was it's time
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I kept mm-hmm. hearing that repeating over and over it's mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. and it was very funny because. Um, one of the attendees, I remember, you know, she said that Yolanda was her name, she said that. And another person that attended had texted me right before the class and he says, you know, and I said, yeah, come on the call. We're doing this and that. And he just wrote, yeah, it's time. You know? ah! And that was the message that I, you know, like they say, "three's you know, a charm." I heard it three times in a row. It's time. It's time. And that was the message. It's time. It's time for us to, I you guess. know, all that manufactured rage, all the manufactured fear that we're getting all around. That's getting people to the point where people are like afraid to to be around each other. I, I remember as a kid, if someone came from a different part of the world, you were curious about them. You wanted to find out, like, oh, who are you? Where did you come from? What was that like? What what kind mm-hmm. of food did y'all eat? You know, how do you speak your language? What does that mean? How do you say hello in your language? You know, we would just have this curiosity about people. Now, if people aren't like us, we're fearful of them. You well, know, sure. like, where did that come from?
0: We got to a place where people don't talk to their neighbors, don't get to know their neighbors, Yeah, you know.
1: And I feel, that, I feel that this is the change that's coming in, where people mm-hmm. will get together. Because when I look at the call, we have people from all works, walks of life, um, different nationalities, different races, different um, religious persuasions. Um, but we can all come together as a community and exist next to each other and support and help each other. So to me, that's really what creation is about, is helping people create their lives with clarity and with ease.
0: That's right. I think that makes sense. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. So when you say that you were told, no, it's not the secret and no, it's not Esther Hicks. Now it's funny. I wasn't into Esther Hicks really when a lot of people were, I was like, oh, you know, there have been so many out there who have had channelings and you know different things it's like another one of more of that as i listen to esther hicks i actually am listening to her a lot more today than i was and i think that she is or abraham is bringing forth a lot of what's out there in new thought centers a lot of what's really out there and it's it's in a way that Makes sense to me. Like I don't think I don't think that we're here just to learn or that life is hard. I think we're here uh, because we agreed to be here, and life is meant to be filled with ease and grace, and it's really for us to embrace it. And yet, when you say that creation is not that, I think in part that's true because creation is opening so many more of these doors that maybe would be considered quote unconscious
1: right. to us. So, so when I said that, when I looked at The Secret and I looked at Esther Hicks and it was about, um, you know, like visualize, a lot of visualization mm-hmm. and visualizing mm-hmm. what your goals were and, um, you know, staying positive around your goals and all of those things. Um, and I was wondering, was that the technique of creation? So I'm glad that you're asking me to clarify that. Was that the technique of creation? Mm-hmm. And I heard, no, that's that's not the technique that you're doing. Um, and with, with creation, your your mind and your brain is out of the way. So mm-hmm. what you have to sit and, you know, like either meditate or visualize or, um, you know, like you set a goal or you make a vision board and all of that you're using your conscious mind. There's a lot of conscious mind activity and brain activity that goes into doing those tasks. Mm-hmm. With creation, like she said, it's like they're sleeping or they're in a trance, but they're not actually in a trance. And a lot of people will tell me, like said, oh, I, I felt like I go, went somewhere, but I could still hear you speaking. I could still feel like I was in the room, but I knew I was somewhere else at simultaneously. Hmm. So that's what's different yeah. about it also. Um, and I feel that... Um, creation actually helps you to transform instantly because it doesn't use the apparatus of your brain or your mind in order Mm -hmm. to do it. And um, the more and more I do creation, I really feel that we're connecting with what we call the soul and the spirit of the person. Because the soul and the spirit is like your, your soul has your, your overall major blueprint of who you are, what you're about, what you came here to do. It's like the soul carries that. Mm -hmm. And your body actually sits inside of your soul, not the other way around. Your soul is this gigantic field, this field of energy all around you. And your spirit, I feel sits closer to your body because your spirit gets enlivened. When your spirit enters your body, you take that first breath that they call inspiration Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. inspiritus. Yeah. Yeah. So you draw that first breath, and that turns your body on. And yep. your body, to me, is like if we were looking at a company. Like if your soul was the the main owner, the owner of that company or corporation,
2: mm-hmm. and your
1: spirit is like the CEO of that corporation. Okay. You know, so everything goes through the spirit, and your spirit, you know, um, is like your masters uh, or your masters of communication or your chief communication officer would be your intuition that Mm -hmm. communicates everything. And your body is like the chief operations officer because it keeps all the operations going. Mm -hmm. So your mind or what we call your brain is part of the body. So if you start looking at the body, like each part of the body is a different department, Um, your brain, I would call it risk management department because Mm -hmm. your brain decides, okay, if you do this, you might get killed. So your brain is there to make sure that you survive And you stay safe. Those are the things, the considerations of your brain. And that's its job. That's what it's meant to do. The other thing that your brain does, it helps you remember things and it helps you learn things. So you don't have to go back every day and keep relearning things. And it also helps coordinate the functions of the body. Because if you think about it, you could be brain dead, but still alive. Yes. People are in in comas for years and they'll get up and they'll tell you about all the stuff they remembered Mm -hmm. and all the stuff they heard and they could recall conversations. So even though their brain was asleep, technically, you know, they which part of them was still communicating and understanding what was happening around them because the brain was, you know, there was no brain activity going on.
0: Well, the near near death. death
1: Yeah. Or people that have near death experiences, they could go back and tell you where they've been and what happened. And then they come back to their body and they tell you all these experiences they have.
0: Well, and that woman's son in fire, the grid that you sent me on YouTube. Oh yeah. That boy, they said that boy was starting to smell like fish at five days. Yes. And yet he came back.
1: Exactly. So that's why I'm saying, so then what's in charge of that is more your soul and your spirit, your intuition, and the coordination of all of that with your physical body. And then the brain, people keep forgetting that the brain is part of the physical body. And just like any other organ, it has a function, but its function is not transformation and change. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Because change could be dangerous. And -hmm. that's not the job of the brain. The brain's like, hey, I got to let you remember what was dangerous so you don't do that again.
2: Mm hmm.
1: So yeah. that's why I said a lot of that's probably why they said, no, it isn't that because unless you clear up the baggage, the stuff that's preventing you from doing it in the first place, that prevents yeah. you from creating whatever this dream that you have, whatever, you know, uh, mission that you've been sent to do here. Unless you clear up the stuff that's blocking you from doing that, then it doesn't seem to matter how many goals you set or how you can't seem to get to that because something is preventing you from that. So creation, we find out what's exactly what's preventing you, get Mm -hmm. rid of that. And now you have this clean slate. You have a blank canvas.
0: That's right.
1: Now you can go Mm -hmm. ahead and start creating because you don't have all these things hindering you anymore. That's really the difference that I see with creation and those other systems.
0: Yeah, I know I use EFT, emotional freedom technique and Bach flowers and, you know, and I've said to people, yeah, so you need to get to many of the aspects of what it is, what the emotions are and, and you know, get really honest. And yet, and I also do beyond quantum healing. And in that case, there is a hypnosis that goes on and but still people may not always know their own aspects they may not know and so yeah coming for creation is something that would really help like you said if people call, if people go into a state where they're not even fully conscious of everything that's happening in the session you're yeah. not you're not always i mean you're not always asking questions of them you might ask a question but you're really asking another part of them
1: yes and, and I remember um, one of the things that I thought, I said, well, it's a space that people go into. And I was told, no, creation takes them into a state. And it's the state that they're in that they're able to transform and make the changes that quickly mm-hmm. because they're in a state. There is nothing, you know, um, one young lady um, last week, I spoke with her and she said that she had an experience that she says, first, I was listening to you. And then it felt like I was getting like spiritual surgery done. It it felt like I had a gas Mm -hmm. mask, like I was being anesthetized. And she said, then I went out. And then she said, then I went to a place and she said, it was just really dark. It was like, Mm -hmm. a like I was in in, in a universal womb or something like that. And Mm -hmm. and, then, but she said, it felt very peaceful and very tranquil. She's like, she said, I felt very supported in the space. And then, and then she said, then that was just for a few minutes. She said, I, she said, it was like, I was in the you know, like a, a space of creation. That's, that's what she called it. And I said, yeah, it felt like, I said, what you're describing sounds like the womb, you know, cause I've heard mm-hmm. people talk about, they go into this space where it feels very dark, but it feels very peaceful and all of that. And mm-hmm. I've heard it described as the womb. And mm-hmm. she said, yeah, I would, I would definitely describe it that way. And then she said, then she said, I was upset that I didn't stay there very long. And then she said, the next thing I knew was like, you were finishing up. And I, I said, okay. Um, it actually took us like, from the time I ended to the time I actually finished, it was about 20 minutes. And she didn't mm-hmm. think it felt like five minutes to her because time mm-hmm. doesn't matter when you get into that stage. Right, It felt like five minutes to her, but she was out for like at least 20, 25 minutes. And her boyfriend said, yeah, it's like, looked like she took a nap, but it's like the woman had said, it looked like they're sleeping, but they're not sleeping. Cause they're very consciously on some level, very aware of what's happening why they're going through that or why, while they're in that state. And so that's why I find it um, very interesting because I don't understand. And I like the fact that I don't understand. If People say, well, how does this actually work? I have no idea. All I know is that I do what I was told to do. I do the technique. I follow what I've been told to do and it just works. And people have these absolutely miraculous, miraculous mm-hmm. changes that happen um, some of them from instantaneously to within the first 48 hours after they've had a session.
0: So now you're doing it in this group. Yes. And you're getting messages. And I'm hearing you often say that you're hearing tones or you're hearing messages. Mm-hmm. of What's going on with people?
1: Okay. Um, everybody's experience is different. Um, I could, what I get from people is that people would either, some people know me already, so they may text me or call, uh, or, you know, I ask, um, for people just share what you're experiencing in the Facebook group. We do have a Facebook group, uh, creation for manifesting miracles. You have to be invited it's a private group, but if you go to that group and share your experiences, we'll get even more insight as to what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, but I could tell you what I'm perceiving on my end. Normally when I go into a creation session, I would either intuitively see or intuitively hear what's happening. Okay. And so why when I say the questions, when I say, um, are you ready or are you willing to clear whatever that is, whatever mm-hmm. that statement is that I come up with, mm-hmm. is because that's what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. like that seems to be where the issue lies mm-hmm. for people. So when I'm working with a group like that's individual but when I'm working with a group I'm doing the same thing but then I witness to see well what's going on with the entire group first. And then I'll get an image. Like I remember, I was very quiet when I started the session because I was intuiting. And I remember you said, "Are we still on the session Did this call?" And because I was so quiet, because I was like, "Yeah, I
0: was afraid it had stopped working."
1: Yeah, because you said, "Like what's going on?" And but I was busy just Mm -hmm. listening and observing. So I go into this mode where I become the observer Mm -hmm. of what's going on, and then I just observe, and then I start getting you know, this is what needs to be cleared. This is what needs to be said this, you know, so I'll go through the whole session while I am on each door. So I'm actually, Mm. um, going to each creation door on that person or on that group head, because we're doing it collectively now. And on each door, I'm being told what to say to clear and open that door. Mm. So then different people, people will be like, you know, I, I, was behind on a bill. I didn't know where the money was coming from. And for some reason over the next couple of days the money showed up. Like we had that one lady that we, we nicknamed her the scratch off queen because she wanted money, but every time she would leave the creation class, she win like a hundred bucks, three hundred bucks, you know, $17. She got money mailed to her. You know, but her question mm-hmm. was, I want money. So she got money every time she left. So it seems like um it, it's not like a universal Santa Claus but it's whatever it is that you say you'd like to create and achieve in your life, it seems to make that easier for that to happen.
0: That is, yeah, so cool. And I've heard the stories of people in there where, you know, somebody said they didn't know where they were going to have the money like a week ago. And then they were just, you know, last week saying that they were able to pay off certain bills Mm -hmm. and, you know, people feeling better. Um, I know that I have, uh, I have felt in the two weeks that I've been there, I will suddenly feel this much deeper and slower way of breathing. And I have had it where I have felt uh, something shift right before you have said, okay, that was a big clearing, I will feel like, oh, wow, you know, this, this very different sense of the energy moving. So yeah, it's absolutely wonderful.
1: Yeah, and and when I say what I mean when I say the big shift, because you had asked another question that I'm sorry I didn't answer that one. That's
0: okay, I don't even know. When
1: you say that, uh, excuse me, (laughs) I caught a cold a couple of days ago. Mm, Okay. So it's been an interesting time, fasting, creation, and um, catching Mm -hmm. a cold. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. So when I um, said that, I hear a tone anytime before someone would shift. And I noticed that anytime I started doing energetic work with people, Mm -hmm. right before they would shift something, I would hear a tone in my head. It could be a high-pitched tone, a very low tone. I'd hear different tones with different people. Mm -hmm. And so while I was working with the group, I would hear um, a tone. And when I say it's a big shift, all of a sudden like I'll get like a full body reaction.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I say, oh, that was a big shift because all of a sudden you feel like all the muscles, everything in my body would just tighten, like just go like, like that, tighten, like clench real mm. tight and <clears> then <throat> it will relax. And that's how I know, oh, that was, that must have been a really big shift because it's like my whole body would tighten whenever there was a shift. The other thing, um, so there was tones and what was unusual with this group that I haven't heard before I started hearing singing because i've worked with a group before this i've also worked with numerous individuals over the years mm-hmm. and i've never heard singing but this time it sounded like a chorus singing mm. so the first time it sounded like predominantly men because they were d- much deeper voices um and this time when i heard the singing it sounded like a, a group of women singing like almost like um like a village of women, you know, mm. like they had a song, it was very sing-songy type of, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay. The singing, it sounds like women singing. The only time that I heard that was when I myself would go into a trance-like state and then I would hear things um, like people speaking in different tongues and languages, or they would be singing that went along with that in that state. Yes but not while I was, you know, working and doing creation. So it's been interesting that I could hear that. But what was also interesting, oh, yeah. And the other thing that was interesting with this group was that every single person that was on the call, it seemed like their entire spirit team surrounded them. Oh, yeah. And then I remember... Uh, a couple of people text back to me and said the room felt full. Like they just mm-hmm. felt surrounded right before I started speaking. Mm-hmm. And, but that's what I saw. So a lot okay. of people saw that. And the same thing with the tones, mm-hmm. different people wrote back and said, yeah, just before you said you heard a tone, I heard a tone also. So different people were perceiving and feeling and hearing the same things that I was hearing on the call, which I found that really fascinating. That is. But then it's not that it's unusual because there's a lot of people that are really highly intuitive and healers Mm -hmm. and, um, energy workers and all of that on the call also. So I I'm not surprised that, you know, they're perceiving the same things I'm perceiving at the same time.
0: I feel my spirit team around me anytime I think of them and choose to. And, um, when you You came to the hospital to work on me right after I had surgery, when I had my thyroid removed. And you talked about hearing singing, uh, that there was a woman singing and there were others around. I think there was somebody dancing and you Mm -hmm. talked about different things. like Mm
1: -hmm. What was that? Yeah, you had like a celebration. going.
0: Yes, I did. And I don't think I knew that. I don't think I took that in as fully. But yeah, that really was what was happening. And it was. And my friend, Jason, who was there last Saturday, uh, Sunday, he often hears a tone. He hears tones um, a lot, just anyway, um, just constantly. It's kind of interesting and certain times of the year, it's stronger than others, but it's, and I know um, uh, there are pitches that go with those tones. Like when I meditate to um, Master Charles Cannon, Ocean waves. I will hear an E a lot of times, and there are other times I'll hear a C sharp in my in my left ear, and and mm-hmm. other tones in my right ear. It's kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, the yeah. the tones is interesting because I used to always hear. Well, I mm-hmm. I've always heard the tones when I started doing, especially when I'm doing more energetic, more mm-hmm. spiritual healing with people. I would hear the tones, and I never thought much about the tones. I'm like, okay, I just heard them must be mean something shifted for this person. And it wasn't until one of the my um, creation students, when I was telling her about the tones, and you know, I was working on her and she I heard the tone when something shifted for her. And she said, Well, what does that actually mean? And I said, Oh, I never thought to ask, what does a tone actually mean? And what was interesting for me with her was that she was like, oh, um, it actually means this. So if you ask, and I would tell you to tell Jason that when he hears a tone, he should ask, what okay. does that actually mean? What does that mean?
2: Um,
1: yeah. and, it, and it'll tell you. It'll yeah. say, oh, it means this, this, and this. If you sit for mm-hmm. a minute and you wait, it'll tell you, this is what this tone represents. This is what it means. I never thought the tones had a meaning until she asked that question.
0: I always take it to mean either, yeah, we are with you right now. We are upgrading your frequency. We are working on your, we're working on you right now. I mean, or we're with you right now. I will, I will just kind of sense that those are some of the one, those are some of the messages that I get. Mm-hmm. But it may mean something very different for each time, for
1: each person, for each yeah. time, each person. Right, means something. So after that session with her, I started asking, mm-hmm. okay, tone means this, and then I'll tell a person, this is what's happening right now.
0: Well, when you've said it in the group, it's often you've often said, okay, this tone just shifted, and what that's telling me, you, I think you've said is what that's telling you is. This this energy just moved in a yeah, m- wonderful way for everyone.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's and it's you know like since each person is different,
2: mm-hmm.
1: what may shift for you may be something else. Like the call we had nearly fifty people on the call on Sunday, mm-hmm. and then each shift could be a different for each one of those individuals. It may mm-hmm. have been something else that shifted for them, something else in their life that shifted. And the other thing that I have to say about creation that I absolutely am floored by, everybody else notices when you've had creation done. Mm. People would walk up to people after they've had, let's say they've had a few creation sessions. People would walk up to them and say, have you had work done? Have you changed your hair? Has you, something about you is different. I can't put Mm -hmm. my finger on what's different, but some, you look different, you feel different. Like what about Mm -hmm. you is different? I love and it. So the fact that you're doing this work, because I've done a lot of different energetic techniques, nobody really notices. You. you know you're doing it, but nobody really notices that something's mm-hmm. different about you. Yeah. You change, and that's why when I told the funny story about doing the whole facelift stuff, oh yeah, that was a great yeah. story.
0: My friend yeah, Linda loved you know, that
1: <laughs> because people would notice that the person looked different.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, they look younger. I, I remember one young lady. um, She's Latina. And she has like a, a kind of swarty complexion <clears throat> where she's, um, I'd say like more olive skin looking complexion. Mm-hmm. When she did creation, her complexion just lightened like three shades lighter. Mm. You know, because like we said, creation brings out that light that you naturally have within you. So she was mm-hmm. so illuminated that her complexion actually looks three shades lighter. And people oh. are asking her like, what did you do? you know, what, what are you using? Did you change your diet? Did you like, cause she totally looked different. I mean, to, to have that drastic change in her complexion with something else.
0: So yes, yeah, so
1: visible. Cool. You have very visible results.
0: That is so cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That is so cool. And, you know, I really believe uh, with a lot of these techniques because they're non-local that we all are affected. We all benefit when there's energy work going on so i mean i guess i want to ask you how has how has your life changed or how are you different from doing all this work
1: okay um i am totally 100 different um, mm-hmm. let me see i could definitely say i look different when people mm-hmm. that haven't seen me in years they say you know they go especially my former students they go Dr. Azula, oh my god you look like you're aging backwards yep so I could definitely see the difference as far as how I look Mm -hmm. um my level of clarity is through the roof um when I'm doing something now I'm not like all over the place like I could go on so many different tangents because my mind you know I have this kind of mind that just pings all over the place yep I find that I am much more focused and more clear and I could, and my reactions to things are different. Like things that would make me upset before um, they're not, they they're not as upsetting. And then the other thing is that I can address things like before I was um, the peacemaker, you know, like I wouldn't say anything because I didn't want to step on anybody's toes or make mm-hmm. them feel bad. Now I can say things in real time. Instead of doing the woulda, coulda, shoulda after the mm-hmm. event is over, mm-hmm. I could say things in real time. I could say whatever I need to say. And it comes out the right way. Mm-hmm. Because what creation has done, because it does clear the mind, it quiets your mind and clear it. I could see a scenario very, very quickly in my head as if I'm running assimilation. And. I could see, okay, if I say it this way, this is gonna be the outcome. If I say this this way, and then I could pick the right simulation in real time and Mm -hmm. say it there and it's very fast. Mm -hmm. Whereas before, if someone said something to me that was either insulting or shocking to me, I would just be like the dare in the headlights and I wouldn't know what to do or say. And now I find that I'm much more responsive
2: Mm -hmm. when I'm
1: faced with that scenario. So that's different for me. And I think it has gotten me to the point where I feel much more at peace and I feel like I want to have, be someone who serves more. Whereas before, you know, I was a businesswoman. I ran a practice, I had a business and everything was very transactional. Like I do this for you, I'm looking for this, or, you know, I do this task and I get paid this instead of all of that. I find now with, um, creation I feel much more at peace like the money comes as it comes so I'm not uptight about that and the other thing that I have found is that I am more interested in like how do I serve this person like Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the people that are showing up on Sundays and my my goal and my question is how do I serve them Mm -hmm. you know how could I make this such a that they will get the most benefit from this Mm um how could, you know, this really impact their lives so that they could go out and impact other people's lives. So it's more coming from the perspective, since I've been doing this more on the perspective of service. So that's different for me too. Beautiful. Um, and Beautiful. I, I believe, and then the other thing I've, I started doing a fast at the beginning of the month, um, uh, cause I normally do a fast every spring. And I said I'm going to do a 30 day water fast for this month. And the first day, I started getting detox symptoms. And anybody who's ever fast, know you get like lightheaded, a dull headache, you feel very weak and tired. Um, you just don't feel good, like you're mm-hmm. coming down with a flu or something. And I did creation because I said I would wanted to see what would happen if I did creation every day of the fast.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: did creation on the first day. All the detox symptoms went away, and I have not had a single detox mm-hmm. throughout mm-hmm. this entire fast. By the third day, I had so much energy; it felt like I was on my seventh day. Um, and when I got this cold this week, I came. I got sick on Tuesday,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I, I I just basically stayed in bed, runny nose, coughing, sneezing—the you know regular common cold symptoms. Okay, okay. and. The next day I wanted to get up because I said, I have this podcast to do with you. I've got some other things. I do not have the luxury of just laying around in bed for the week till these symptoms pass. So I did creation. I actually did a form of creation that comes up called spiritual healing. And I did spiritual healing and the difference between creation and spiritual healing is that a spirit team comes in and performs a healing. That's the basic. difference. Okay. Okay. And so when I ask, um, should I do creation? I heard no, do spiritual healing. So I just laid there and I observed that while the spirit team worked on me and, you know, all the, um, symptoms, you know, like when you, the symptoms of discomfort, you know, Mm -hmm. like you have a, a sore throat that hurts your ears, itch. Your yeah. head hurts, like those painful symptoms that come along with a common cold and flu. They were all gone when I mm-hmm. did that. The only thing I have now, is a bit of a stuffy nose, and I have to blow my nose a few times for the day. That's about it.
2: Mm-hmm. Incredible. But, That's great. I
1: noticed that all of those symptoms were gone and I mm-hmm. felt good. I had enough energy because that dull headache and those symptoms, it zaps your energy and you don't have mm-hmm. energy to do anything else. Yeah. So with those discomfort symptoms gone, my energy came back. So, yeah. So, those are the things that I'm realizing. And before I have more faith um, and more trust in the ability for my spirit team and things that are unexplained to happen. And that's part of the reason why I'm doing manifesting miracles because it's like, Hey, we don't have to understand everything that happens or why it happens. Maybe somewhere down the road later on, people will find out exactly what happens. But in the meantime, we all have this ability to affect this change and create these miracles in our lives that why not? That's what I say. Why not? Why not? Are we making it that's so right. hard for ourselves? It doesn't have right. to be that hard.
0: No, that's right. I love it. Mm-hmm. So you're just doing water now this month, nothing this but month, water.
1: It's water. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Oh man. Yeah, I'm and fine. I feel great. I love it. I have not. I have not. My my kids are cooking food around me, stuff that I like to eat. And when when I've done fast mm-hmm. before, what would make me want to break the fast is the smell of food cooking. Mm-hmm. I don't even have that, those symptoms since I did creation on it. There are no symptoms, no cravings, like, oh, that smells so good. I, I need to eat. I don't, I don't even think about food. And the other thing I noticed when I fasted before, I was like counting every day, you know, like, oh, I only got 10 more days to go. Oh, It's <laughs> like, you know, I'm not even counting the days. It's like, I'm just feel very normal.
0: Did you do anything to gradually go toward it? Or did you just?
1: Um, a few days before I made sure I was eating, you know, like lighter foods and eating mm-hmm. lighter and making sure I was eating healthier. Mm-hmm. And then I just started. I've done the ones, like you say, you, you do like the pre-fast, prep, mm-hmm. post-fast thing. Mm-hmm. I found that never really worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just like ate what I wanted to eat, but I would eat it in smaller amounts and lighter. So I didn't have like a lot of food and sugar. That was the biggest thing. I didn't have anything sugary. Mm-hmm. I think that was the thing that really throws my fast off. Is if I have sugary stuff before the fast.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, that
1: will yeah. make you really, really crave. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, this is excellent. So, how can people, if they, you know, as they hear this and they say, "Oh, I want to get involved," or "I want to either reach out to IKEA," or "I want to get involved in one of these." Because are you going to do the Sunday thing after the end of this month?
1: Um, I'm thinking about it. I've had some requests. Mm-hmm. Um, can we extend it? And I'm really thinking about it. I'm looking at my schedule. And I'll probably announce it, if not this week, next week, if we are mm-hmm. able to continue. But mm-hmm. yeah, if we did continue. I'll probably just um, do it for one more month if we continue. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just looking to move stuff around and make sure that I do have that time.
0: Okay. So how can people find out more or get in touch with you or get involved in attending this
1: okay so if people want to get in touch with me um on my instagram they could go to azula a z u l a creation no s just the word creation um on instagram so they could find me on instagram that way and they could dm Mm -hmm. me on facebook i am akia azula and on YouTube, I'm also Akia Azula. So they can okay. reach my channels there and they can reach out um, either through DMing me. Um, right now, we are working on putting up a new website for all the stuff that we're doing. So that's in the work. So we have that up and running probably in the next, by the end of the month, beginning of next month, we should have that up and running. Um, but right now, just my full name, Akia Azula on Facebook or YouTube or Um, at uh, Azula Creation. on
0: And they need to do one of those in order to find a link for a Sunday group?
1: Yeah, well, we're going live on Facebook on Sundays, so they could, you know, if they don't have, because if I don't have their contact information, I won't be able to send them the Zoom link, Mm -hmm. but we will be on Zoom and Facebook I don't have the zoom link here um maybe I could send you the zoom link if you put it in editing and I don't know how you can how people could connect that way I'm not I'm not that liter- with technology yet so
0: yeah I might I think I could paste it into the show notes um okay. so <laughs> if um I'm thinking if uh people find it on they find you on Facebook they would get this live even if they're not part of the Facebook group
1: yeah they if they go to Akia Azula they'll get it live okay. on my main page on my home page okay. all right yeah uh, we did record we did send it out when we did the class and it was live on Facebook last week cool. um, the first week um, I just have to figure out the technology to upload that to both Facebook and YouTube um, we tried Instagram, but Instagram doesn't work with the system that I'm working with. It's very hard to go from Zoom to Instagram. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why we don't have it. But we'd probably be putting um, clips from the class on yeah. Instagram and making more shorts with the clips yeah. down the road.
0: Sure. And you could even put shorts up on YouTube if you want, or, um, yeah. or, you know, I don't know if are you doing YouTube Live?
1: Um, Not yet. i trying to do YouTube Live, but I couldn't figure out the technology this past mm-hmm. week. So that's what yeah. I'm doing this week. So we have it on YouTube Live next Sunday also. Oh,
0: good. Okay. But the difference is without Zoom, people can't tell you, they can't raise their hand and participate on Facebook or or any of these other if means. The only Can-
1: thing they could do is write a comment. And if they okay. do write- Comment, I could go in there and answer their comments. Sure, so that's how I would tell them to to do that. You know, and from, you're
0: getting that on Zoom too in the chat, aren't you?
1: They could write a comment, and I'll go. I always go back and read through my comments, so they mm-hmm. can go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. And on
0: Zoom, are people using the chat
1: as yeah, well you know, as raising using here. the chat on Zoom? Okay, all
0: right. So, well.
1: and and a lot of times <clears throat> because I was told that this is not a class for me to just keep talking. As you see, we've talked for a while now. I can talk. Um, it's okay but they said that uh, my spirit team, <laughs> excuse me, my spirit team said that this is more about the participants, the people that are showing up. This is for them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so that's why I asked for so much participation in the class because we need to know to see where you're at, what is it that you're creating, what is it that needs to be cleared for you so that you can have that miracle that mm-hmm. we're talking. And I don't use words unless I know I could deliver on those promises. Mm-hmm. So when I say something miraculous happening in your life, and then the thing about it is that I found that people ask for small, safe things. And I'm saying, no, you know, I'm told ask for big things, ask for things that somehow it's unbelievable for you to even get it. Mm-hmm. That's what we mean by miracles. So, mm-hmm. you know, so up the ante when you're asking. Okay. For a Beautiful.
0: Beautiful. All right. Well, I thank you so much for being here today, being with me and, and our teams being here. And and this is very exciting. And um, I really think that there will be more people after listening to this um, and this will live here and, and people will be reaching out. So this oh, is really
1: talking cool. about the people reaching out in the future. Um, the creation clearing that segment of the class that we actually are doing the actual creation session Mm -hmm. that is perpetual so people could look at the video or get on the zoom call on facebook and zoom wherever it's going to live and they could see that session and they will get the same benefits as if they were there in the class getting the session done also people that have been in the class that want to see the recordings they could just lay down like I always tell people lay down relax before mm-hmm. the session start they could lay down and replay that session and they will get even more benefits because it will go on a deeper level mm. so I just want people to know that that was one of the things that I asked for and I wasn't sure how to do it and then I heard just ask for it you Beautiful. want it to actual is perpetual, perpetual. Well, yeah. and so are both weeks there or just last week I'm, I'm but, uh, like I said the technology and me we're, we're make, I'm That's making, okay. I'm making friends with the technology, so I need to upload it. So I'm just okay. basically looking because I thought I would have had it uploaded by now, but because I was oh. sick the last day or so, um, that took me out of commission a little bit. So today's the first day that I'm actually getting on there to work on the technology. There's a um, learning or curve. Or it'll be me and whatever site on a chat for a while mm-hmm. to figure out how to do that. But right. I get done um, sometime today so I can upload right. the first as well yeah. as the second class and anybody like if you want to tell someone go here or send it out to someone you Mm -hmm. can because it'll still work as if they were getting the session yeah just because we were done with sunday doesn't mean this that energy doesn't continue it's perpetual Mm -hmm. okay Mm
0: -hmm. great well
1: and and would we get a a clip from this or would we get something if i wanted to send it out to you'll get the whole thing okay Awesome. awesome you'll
0: get the whole thing and then you can do what you want with it
1: Post it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely post this.
0: Yeah.